Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. Um, hope you are all well into your 19th day of your New Year's resolution. I'm sure there's been no chocolate, no crisps, no beer, no wine, no spirits, no fun, Paul Fitzpatrick, at, at this stage of year, I think. How's your New Year's resolutions going? Ah, yeah, so look at, uh, yeah. It's not going very well. <laughs> if Did I'm you honest. make any? Uh, well, my main resolution was was to to not smoke, and uh, stuck with that one all right. But um, other than that, yeah, no, dry January uh, didn't last very long. Uh, no, it's not going very well, Damien. I, I, I'm not going to try and lie to you, but I mean, it's hard because there's nothing to do. There's no golf courses open. There's no handball alleys open. Uh, you can't leave uh, three miles of your house. So there's really there's really nothing to be at. So uh, you, you have to have some sort of temptation in your in your life. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you do. I suppose you do. It's um, yeah. I I I I'm I'm kind of debating whether I should publicly announce my my resolution because for me it's going to be a difficult one, and I I, I I'd be disappointed if I, I I have a number of resolutions, but I my I'll go for it. I turned forty in May, um and. My aim is to have uh, an athlete's body by May. Now I don't know how possible that's going to be. And 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 my yeah. definition of an athlete's body is get rid of any chunk that's hanging around the middle and and have a six pack. I was going to say you could probably buy one on, on some. There's probably websites out there where you could buy one, like some some middle distance runner from Africa. Maybe his family would sell the body to you or something. <laughs> Possibly, possibly, but yeah. But the, the the worst thing about that is it it keeps kind of I I do a day or two of of being really well disciplined, and then maybe a, a day where I'm not so disciplined. It was my daughter's birthday yesterday, and I ate so much birthday cake. And those are the the, the traps that we fall into. Yeah, um, the, last, the last lockdown before Christmas, I said right. I think it was like a six week lockdown, and I said right, I'm gonna try and get fit here, and uh, I did do it. A lot of running and stuff like that in those six weeks. Um, so that, but this because the first lockdown was, was an absolute shambles for me. Uh, uh, Mickey Brennan was selling cases of wine for <laughs> 120, 120 euro for 12 bottles. Good deal, anyone. Uh, anyone who's interested, Mickey Brennan's got a great deal going on wine uh, the company that he works for, and it's good wine. It is good wine, yeah, yeah. it is good which, wine, which is like, a bad thing. Some of that stuff's like 50 or 60 quid a bottle in a restaurant. That's what we always slag them about. Uh, yeah. But that, that, that ruined me in the first lockdown back. And the weather was good as well. You could sit out. Uh, so then the, the second lockdown, I did, it was dark and wet. And uh, I did do a bit of running, a good bit of running around that time. But now this time, it's got, got hard to get back into. I think a lot of people are the same. There's definitely lockdown fatigue at the minute. 
especially because you don't have the weather. Like the first one was a bit of a novelty, I thought, because he has. Yeah. We had, like it was almost like if you remember last winter, it was unbelievably wet, and it could never stop raining up until St Patrick's Day. There was an unbelievable shower on, on Paddy's Day, um, and the lockdown had just kicked in. And almost from that day on, there was no rain for nearly three months. And the river beside our house uh, had gone to a trickle. And you know, I remember writing a piece about it and I was using it as a metaphor. And you know, things started to open up again and the rain started. And I said the river rises again. Uh, but unfortunately, it wasn't the end of it. But uh, I, I think there was, a, there was a novelty factor to it back then. And, and working from home was new for people as well. And uh, it was all new. And you didn't, it was almost, I know it was kind of worrying, but there was almost an excitement to it. Kind of as well because well, it was I was also just so going to say that to you. I, 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 I reluctantly say I enjoyed the first lockdown. I, like it, there was such a novelty to it. I, I know people will look back and say, and and don't get me wrong, yeah, delighted to see the back of twenty twenty for for particular reasons. But for other reasons, I enjoyed I enjoyed the uniqueness of it. It was so different. It was such a novelty. Now by by this lockdown, it's a different scenario, but. Um, I think a lot more people bought into that lockdown and, and it, <clears throat> it felt very, very different. This lockdown doesn't feel that much different than normal. Maybe that's because we're doing more of them. But anyway, it's, um, it, 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 it's all about getting that six-pack for May 7th. So we're going we're gonna to just start focusing on that. I, what we'll do is each week, Paul, you can check in with me to see how I'm getting on and, and be my, my personal life coach. Yeah, well, uh, to buy a, a six-pack is grand. It's handy. You can throw it in the front seat of the car, but a crate is better value. <laughs> yeah. I'm slagging. I'm slagging. I will, I will uh, bring this up every week on the podcast from here on in, and we'll see how you're getting on. Okay. Um, just some, some managerial news. Uh, Stephen McGovern has taken over at Drumgoon, um, former Killigarry player, um, has taken over as manager, and I understand he's going to be assisted by Paddy Shannon. So and, uh, I, I think that'll be a really good um, kind of combination. Stephen, very deep thinker in the game, um, very much into his, his physical conditioning as well. So he he could fit nicely there with Trumgoon. Yeah, I'm sure. Loads of experience, but obviously he was one of the top scorers in the senior championship for several years with Kilgarry. Like. So he'd have loads of experience. I'd say they'll do well there, yeah. And Paddy, Paddy Shane as well, like being around the block. I was actually looking at a picture of the 1991 Casaran team that won the junior championship uh, yesterday. I found that I was going to put it in the paper next week and Paddy was on that team. So like tons of experience there. So yeah, best of luck to the lads. Yeah, wish them good luck. Um, over on Instagram, you posted, or we are Cavan, we posted up a... Uh, a picture of Bernard Morris with the uh, with the caption "Describe this man in four words." Um, got some very very entertaining replies, Paul. Yeah, well, like, I have a rule in life, Damien, as you know, and I've always kind of gone by this. One of them. One, One of, of my rules is: if you find a picture of Bernard Morris, you must immediately post it on Instagram, and you must say, "Describe this man in four words." It's just one of those little. Yeah, things that I kind of live my life by it. It's just one of those, like one of my ten commandments. I think so, the Dalai Lama does the same. Yeah, 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 and Brennan. And, and uh, obviously, yeah, well, the, the, the three, the three most religious people I know. <laughs> all the great thinkers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, a lot of love for Bernard Morris. That's some great responses. So the rule was you had to describe him in four words. Uh, first comment came in: "Bear of a man." Yeah. 
<laughs> as hard as nails. <laughs> yeah. This is one of my favorites. Tank, 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 tank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone said King. Uh, so he only used 25% of his allocation there. Um, I like this one here. McShane's stalwart agricultural footballer. Uh, this is this is also a good one. Raw, hard cow's hands. <laughs> That's brilliant. That is brilliant. Uh, yes. Stout and Mars bars. Stout and Mars bars. Yes. I didn't know about the Mars bars. I knew about no, the stout. I, I couldn't imagine that man eating a Mars bar. No. He definitely wasn't eating too many of them in 97. And he, was eating, he was eating up forwards. Uh, yeah. <laughs> strong as an ox. Yes. He is, from, he is from Garner. He is. You, you, there's no denying it. Uh, what did I say? Well, is he, is he from is he from Garner or did he play with Garner? Is, uh, no, is is there is there is he in that area of debate with Arva, Cornafain, Garner, kind of crossroad area? Is he? Yeah, that's a bit of a Bermuda Triangle around there. But, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I challenge you. Forget about your six pack. I challenge you to go up to Vernon Mars and tell him something. <laughs> <from Garner. laughs> yeah, I know. No, no I've realistic goals. <laughs> he'll, he'll turn you into a six pack. Um, <laughs> But that's a typical Garner comment there. I talked about Garner on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. He is from Garner. And Garner's in capital letters. I think Garner has to be in capital letters. I think that's a rule in Garner, that you must put Garner in capital letters. At all times. Yeah, and get it tattooed on your face. Well, definitely. Uh, I, I, well, listen, I, I, I don't think you have to tattoo Garner on your face. But when you leave Garner, you must let your face tell everybody you're from Garner. You know, <laughs> there has to be that, that look. You know that Garner look? I think I'm, I'm yet to meet somebody from Gauna that isn't able to give you that Gauna look. You go, oh, you're from Gauna, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm about to eat you. <laughs> I like this one here. This man, he doesn't, he doesn't give his kid, he doesn't make any argument or anything. He just says, I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should also explain that, that in the picture, uh, there's, a, there's a crown superimposed on, on Bernard Mars's head as well. Um, Next comment just says horse. Again, someone only using a quarter yeah. of their allocated words. Uh, here's, a, here's a ridiculous comment. Poor man's Pierce McKenna. That's just, that's just a stupid comment on every level. <laughs> I, 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 that was completely in jest. Yeah, well, Pier, like Pierce McKenna was, was a very underrated player, but there were different type of players, like completely different players. Yeah. Um, horse, of, horse of a man. Oh, we got yeah. We have a nice run of of comments here now. So you have horse of a man, okay. Lump, lump of a man, good. Bulldozer of a man. Bulldozer, I love it. Tough, tough, tough bastard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cabin fans, cult hero. Definitely, that's a good one. King, legend, ambassador, rocket. Rocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well. He mightn't take off like a rocket, but he'd hit you like one. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is a good one here. Training two creamery cans. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Uh, next one about Bernard was tough, loyal, farmer, fun. Yeah, actually, that's, that's good. <clears throat> that's yeah. really good, because there definitely was a fun element to Bernard Morris too, wasn't there? Ah, definitely, definitely. Like, and he was definitely a real favorite of the of the supporters because he was, again, because he was tough and he was he wholehearted, left it all on the field. 
like the, on the on the on the on the fun part of it, I I I can I can picture images, whether it be club or county, or maybe it's videos, but I I, I don't think it's too many videos, but I can picture him, you know, after games nearly always smiling, you know, that that he was after having fun, clattering lads mostly, but just 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 breaking up play, just you know, tearing tearing up forwards apart, but he never seemed to be angry doing it. It just came easy to him. Yeah, that's it. Uh, the next one said, tough, tough, or tough is tough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we had another Garner fan club comment. Garner till he dies. Yes, I, I think he will be. Uh, poor man's Conor Brady. Yeah, I again, I, I'd like to see the Tapera boys go at it. <laughs> and, I mean, and I mean, and I mean, at current age, I'd still fancy Bernard. Big strong Garner man. We're still on on Bernard Morris though. <laughs> We're still on Bernard Morris, yeah. Uh, decent, decent skill level too. Yeah, often underrated. Yeah, definitely was like he could deliver a good pass. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, eat you without salt. I don't know. I, I, I hear rumours that he likes salt. Uh, thought big dog everything. Who's big dog? Don't know. Someone can fill okay. us in. Uh, there's another reply and it just says, Baron Morris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Simple glad somebody cleared that up. Because we, uh, were, we were confused, obviously. Derek McGarren's absolute idol. Okay, good to know. Uh, Lara man, come on and says, hard as Lara men. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one here that we're going to allow because he used one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He used 11 words, but I'm going to allow it. <laughs> okay. This must be good. <laughs> it's good. Six pints in McShane's before night of us to final 1997. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the amount of points were counted, but I do understand that that he would have a pint or two before before a game, a yeah, night before that, a game. That that uh, those points have probably increased the number as the years have gone on. Yes, that story has got legend, legendary in the making. But a uh, couple more talking points that came in then, Damien. A few very brief ones. Uh, suggestions. Someone suggested we do, we do a one to fifteen team made up of referees in the county. I think that is brilliant. And he said, also including all their traits and attributes. I, <laughs> I think, yeah, that that that's going to take some thinking, but that's actually that's going to be worth doing. That's going to be a great one, but we could end up falling out with a few referees. We have to be very careful. <laughs> ah, no, not at all. The referees are good, crack. Although you could be right, when Jimmy Galligan doesn't make it, he'll be pissed off. <laughs> uh, players' media that's profiles growing. Yeah, players' media profiles growing is one of the comments that came in here. And I don't know if that's, I don't think that's a negative comment. I think the Calvin players' media profiles have grown. And that's, you know, as long as fellas keep their feet on the ground, I think that's a good thing because uh, it influences opposition and it influences referees and, and pundits who create the narrative around games. You know, you're, you're suddenly, you're suddenly favourite in more games and you're, you're, um, you know, the whole, the whole narrative is in your favour. You're not seen as the underdog anymore because we've talked about this a lot before, how referees, I think subconsciously you tend to favour the, 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 the favourites. 
So I, yeah. I think that's a good thing if the if Cavan players' media profiles grow, as long as the fellas keep their feet on the ground. Well, do you know what the, the, the important thing about this is? And, and I, it's something that we, can't, we, we spoke a little bit about. So some players try to grow their own profile on social media, as in by posting loads and, and, and doing that. But the way the Cavan players' profiles have grown this year is by what they've done on the pitch. And there are two very, very different things. One is that the attention is coming to you for you being very good at what you do. The other is looking for the attention. And I think that we've seen a shift this year in the Cavan players, you know, particularly that, that their, their, their profile has grown, but it's not that they're out promoting themselves or trying to gain their profile. Now, you've hit the nail on the head. It is important that their profile grows because that not only influences opponents and referees, but it also inspires the next generation of kids that if they hear them on radio or on, on the, the national podcasts, or if they see them on TV or getting all-stars or all-star nominations, that they're more likely and more motivated to go and try to copy them. So I think that players' profiles grow because the team does well. And that's that's what's after happening this year gone by. So I've nothing but credit and I'm and I'm nothing short of delighted that the players' profiles have grown. Yeah, completely. I, I agree with that. And and the uh, the the key thing as you touched on there is that the players are becoming more, more well known for the right reasons. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not players who really haven't achieved very much in the game or anything in the game who have a big profile, which which has happened before in counties. Uh, that's not the case only the Cavan players. Now, relatively speaking, like the Cavan players have won the Ulster title, and and talking to Mickey Graham yesterday, you know, I don't think they're going around thinking that they're Dublin or anything like that. Um, like relatively speaking, that's a it's a great achievement, but it, relatively speaking, it's still you know just one provincial title. So, um, uh, they, they can't be they can't they shouldn't and can't be getting carried away with themselves, and and they're not. Uh, so. No. That's important. Yeah. And, 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 if, and if anybody is getting carried away, did you read the piece by Eamon McGee? I think it was in the Irish News, was it? I think it wasn't it Eamon McGee? One of the McGee boys, anyway, the boy who, who wrote about Cavan, you couldn't respect them. Now he's basically saying that, oh, well, sure, 2020 was just a, a freak year. It doesn't really count. <laughs> You know, if you ever wanted motivation as a Cavan player, you have it in one in one column by by McGee again. So and you know what? You know what, McGee? I like McGee. I think he's one of the one of the good lads on on the media circuit. I I, I wouldn't agree with a lot of his politics and stuff like that that he that he professes on Twitter, but I like him. And when he when he made that comment back in twenty nineteen, like that must have been hard to swallow. But like it was very hard to to argue strongly against what he said. Yeah. And, he, he subsequently, like, th- that was before Cavan played Monaghan in 2019, and Cavan then beat Monaghan uh, the next day. That was his column in the star, and then Cavan went on and beat our man in a replay. But like 2019 did end up that Cavan, Cavan sort of folded against Donegal and against Tyrone. So you couldn't argue ter- uh, hugely. And I remember writing something about that after myself and saying, you know, he was right in some of what he said. So I'd, I'd, I'd give yeah. him a bit of credit for that. But this thing, yeah, this thing. But I, we probably we probably should have predicted that, David. That oh, was yeah. always going to be said that that twenty twenty is a write off. Twenty twenty was a freak year, and that without doubt that was going to be said. And I felt Tipperary winning took away from Cavan a wee bit. 
because uh, it did a, it added a bit of a freak element to it. Uh, now it didn't take away my eyes, but in the national eyes, I think it might have created this this idea that this is a mad year and anything can happen. Whereas Cavan were thoroughly deserving of the champions, uh, in my opinion, and beat two Division One teams and did it out of the preliminary, um, and so on, and beat the referee in the final as well. But uh, that it, it reminds me of of Gerald Nan. Um, when he was over Clare, like one of the greatest motivators in, ever in GA management, and I, I read a lot about him. I read like Anthony Daly's autobiography and Lucknan's own autobiography, and then Hoarding the Revolution Years by Dennis Walsh, which which charts that era. And James O'Connor used to have a column in the Sunday Times, and he used to talk about Lucknan a lot. Uh, and then Lucknan, of course, had his own column in the Star. So that that whole Clare era in the nineties has been very well documented. And what they always say, the players always say that Lucknan always had a cause. So it would be something like um, uh, Ollie Baker didn't get an all-star last year. And, and he would hammer that home in, in dress rooms and in team talks. And it'd be, he, he would have the team in a siege mentality thinking, we are putting our lives on hold to correct this grievous wrong that was done on Ollie Baker last year that he didn't win an all-star. And yeah. then if they won, if they won Munster, uh, which is a big thing for Clare because they didn't win it for, for 70-odd years before 95, uh, the following year would be if you don't retain Munster, you're nothing. And they're all laughing at us. They're all saying, Kit Clare's only a flash in the pan. You had to retain Munster. And then you hadn't beaten Tipperary, you'd beat Tipperary four or five times, but you hadn't beaten Tipperary in Semper Stadium. And like, that was it. Your life depended on it. You, you had to beat Tipperary in Semper Stadium or, or it all counted for nothing. So like, these are, these are the sort of uh, tactics that managers are going to use. And I, I, I've no doubt Mickey Graham would be using that saying, look, look what Amy McGee said now. You know, they're all, they're all already, uh, devaluing your achievement when it was for last year and it's no good unless we back that up so yeah. it's it's an interesting way of looking at it yeah 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 that's it and and that's part of it I'm sure you know to, to take it to Jim Gavin there was a different goal every single year you know there was something that they had to it it might come out at some point but it was never just okay let's, let's go back out and win the All-Ireland you know they, there had to be triggers along the way to, to motivate the lads to get to that point so um, you know, it it'd be all the great teams have that going that they're 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 probably easily motivated, and then they've got a very good motivator. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead, and the surrounding counties for over fifty years. A family-owned and family-run business. Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Go on, next talking point. Next talking point. Uh... Well, there's a few talking about the league, so I'll, I'll roll them in together. Will the league go ahead? Please, God, it does. If the National League doesn't go ahead, will it take momentum from Cavan? Uh, if the National League isn't played, will Cavan lose their momentum? Uh, yeah, look, it's... I think I, I, ideally, I think it would go ahead because Conor Madden touched on that. Cavan do have momentum on their side now. They've been, they've been playing and training up, up until quite recently. Like It's, 50, it's 58, 58 days, I think, today since the Ulster final. Yeah, you had another two weeks then after that. So Cavan have been playing up until six weeks ago, essentially. Yeah, 44 days ago. 
yeah so um that that definitely counts for for something the confidence and belief is high so i think if it was, was to go ahead that would definitely suit calvin and uh, but that that's not to say if it doesn't go ahead uh, it's a terrible terrible thing to happen to calvin i wouldn't i wouldn't say that now no no but i i i think that again it it it'd be it would be an advantage to calvin if it does go ahead because um while i, I don't i don't envisage wholesale changes on the panel i do think that Mickey will look to to bed in some new players, get them get them game time um throughout a league in anticipation of a championship coming. So it's um I think it'll be Cavan's advantage if the league does go ahead, but there is a window for it to go back a couple of weeks without massively affecting the season. I think that, that we might hear that come out first and then if a, a few weeks closer to competition or or um, when training, like training is due to start now in, in 11 or 12 days time, um, pretty much, I think, for, for county seniors. So if it if it gets to that stage that we're closer to it, they may put the training back two more weeks, put the league start back two weeks and run in, that there'll be a shorter gap between league and championship. I think they'll go to that before they scrap the league um, if they can, just to buy some time. Yeah, I don't think the league will be scrapped myself, but I think it will be delayed. And its financial concerns are a big part of it, and also the optics of it, as we touched on last week. Um, mm. so, yeah. But I, I don't think I don't think it will, it will be scrapped. I, I can't see that. And again, like no different than than during the winter. Um, you know, it would be great to have league games to watch, and in our case, hopefully, get get the goal to them. But even for people to to have league games to watch, it would be great because there really is nothing else happening at the moment, sports wise. Yeah. Yeah, um, I sat down to watch bloody soccer at the weekend. I tell you, I'm not. Uh, I've realised I'm not into it. Yeah, I just saw a blurb on the front page of the Irish News this morning, and it said, "Why GA is better than soccer?" So I can't wait to read that by Karen. No okay. way, brilliant. But what I what I what I need to uh, get into is NFL. I know you you follow it, and I was reading about it earlier on that there's it's getting to the business end of it now, and I've yeah. never really got into it. So I, I'm going to have to get you to sit me down and, and give me a crash course because I want to get into that now. Oh, it, was, it, it was good. It was good at the weekend now, I have to say. I, I, I watched um, I watched the, the Chiefs against the Browns on Sunday night and I watched the first half. Tom Brady with the Broncos. Just phenomenal story. They haven't made the playoffs in, I think it could be, oh, I'll not say, but it's a long time. And now they're in they're in the divisional final, um, you know, basically the, the Super Bowl semi final, and Tom Brady with, with a new team, like it's just phenomenal stuff. But yeah, it's it's and do you know what I love about generally is it's on Sky Sports, and from eight o'clock to twelve o'clock on a Sunday evening, you'll get a game, and it's generally a good game. Now you can get a game even before that as well, sometimes in the in the regular season. So you can get a couple of games on a Sunday evening, and it's so much more entertaining for me than um than 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 soccer that it's uh, yeah definitely worth it worth looking into so we're down to the final four in in the nfl but we might do you know what i might actually get some a lot of the county seniors are are hugely into it so i might actually talk to a couple of them and see if they'll come on and we'll do a preview of the super bowl that week just because uh, because there there's a few of them that are are very very much into it like literally will stay up most Sunday nights to, to catch all games so that that could be something we could do yeah that would be brilliant I'd love to hear that because 
I need an education in it. The, the last time I watched it was in 2005. What? Uh, yeah, the Patriots were playing. Was Tom Brady playing with the Patriots? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, I remember I went to, uh, I was playing a handball tournament in Galway. It was an intervarsity handball tournament. And uh, then I met up with a load of lads, friends of mine that were in college in Galway. And we went that Sunday night to watch it. And we got a lock-in in the pub. And we got absolutely plastered. And we watched it. And I'd say that's the last time I watched the Super Bowl. So oh. that'll tell you. Tom, I just never Tom got it. Really, he has six, yeah, he has six Super Bowl uh, rings with with the Patriots. And now he's he's looking for his seventh going with the, with the Buccaneers now. So it's a, a hell of a story. And, and and I think part of my love affair for American football started with Tom Brady back in, in those early days when he won, won his first Super Bowl. I remember the Celt doing a piece on him that it was, you know, the Cavan connection. So from that, it kind of, uh, I, I think that's that's where my, my, my love affair, and I think that was back in, I, I stand corrected, but it could be 2003, that he won his first Super Bowl, 2002, 2003, something around that. So, um, yeah, f- phenomenal career. Yeah, his descendants are from Baltorbel or Milton, aren't they? Yeah, somewhere. I, I, I initially thought for some reason it was it was up around Kinelec, but then I, I've been told a good few times since that it is Baltorbel area around the Baltorbel Drumlane area that he's that his father or sorry his great grand or his grandfather came from. So. Um, there's definitely a, a Cavan connection anyway. It is definitely Cavan. But um, yeah, phenom- phenomenal story. Like Tom Brady in itself. I know we're going on a sidetrack here on, on a GA podcast. But for a lad who was so far down the pecking order on the draft and even mm. how he got his 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 chance with the, with the Patriots was through injury to the quarterback at a young age. And then he pushed him on to the Super Bowl that same year. Like it, it just, it, it was a... A kind of a, a fairy tale story for him to go on to be the greatest player in the history of the NFL from the position that he came as a 18, 19 year old. Like he, he couldn't even make his, his high school team, you know, as quarterback. So a phenomenal story. If it, when, when, when motion pictures make a movie, it's going to make a hell of a good movie. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that now. The, one of the few things I know about American football is that there was a quarterback in the NFL called Jake Plummer. And he was actually a handballer. Um, his father and his brother were state champions in Idaho. Uh, he was called Jake the Snake Plummer. He went to college in Arizona, and he was he was a starting quarterback in in the NFL for about six or seven years. And I'm pretty sure I can't remember. I think he played for what's the team in Arizona? Is it the Cardinals? Yeah, yeah. I think he played for them. And then I'm pretty sure he went to the to the Broncos. And uh, he he quit when he was still in his prime. Like he was like thirty, and he just uh, called a press conference one day and quit. And they asked him why are you quitting, and he said, "I want to go and play handball." And at the time, there was just unbelievable excitement in handball circles because handball people in the state thought this is going to be this is our golden ticket now. We have an NFL star who's just told the media that he's quit to, to go and play handball. But and he did. He started he started um, playing a load of handball, and he he started playing like, like he was pretty decent. Now he wasn't like top handball or anything but he started organising this big tournament then called the, the Plummer Family Hell of a Handball Bash and he used to bring all the pros to his local club and put them up in his mansion in Idaho um, and like there was, a, there was actually a there's actually a short documentary made about it online where all the handball pros are 
in Jake Plummer's house for dinner and then he brings him out on his boat and then the next day you see him in the hand with that and all that. It's absolutely class, but... Um, She's interesting. Pro- it's very interesting. People probably thought, look, Jake Plummer could could scrape up enough change underneath the handbrake in his car that would fund handball for a few years, but I don't think it ever came to that. The, ne- the next talking point, Damien, is the last one. Any club transfers. And I suppose we're in, we're in transfer season now. We're getting close to it. The, the big rumour... We may as well bring it to air. Uh, the big <laughs> rumour is that uh, the former dairyman, Jared O'Kane, is going to transfer to Casaran. That has been a persistent rumour. Uh, and I, I was chatting to, to Jared, and uh, he was telling me he's, he's still playing with his club in Derry, Glenullen. Uh, and the Baker Bradley is over them this year. So he, Jeez, he's, he's not leaving. Yeah, that's it. Ba- he's, Baker Bradley will kill him. He'll kill him. He'll kill him. But <clears throat> it's, it's a long commute, you know. It's It's... Well over two hours of a commute up there. And why um, he's working around Balladuff, is he? No, he's he's actually um, engaged, I think, and to a cabin girl, and he's bought a house in Balladuff right beside the pitch. Right. So, like he was, I think I think he's the same age as me, and like he was a brilliant player and still is a great player. So you, you can imagine him slotting in lovely into that Casarahan defence, and I'd imagine they'd be trying everything to get him. But I, as far as I know. That is the rumour, but as far as I know, uh, he's going to play with his club. But he might, you know, Catherine might get a year or two out of him yet. Um, yeah. Uh, although I believe his fiance has Lavi connections, so maybe they'll be looking for him. But I think they're, I think I'm right in saying that. But I think they're living uh, in Ballyduff. Now the other one I have heard in relation to Catherine is that they they have got a new man coming in, a goalkeeper, uh, who's transferring in, who I think is living in the area, um, and I think he was a good goalkeeper, played Sigerson football as well. Um, uh, name escapes me at the minute, but uh, <clears throat> maybe it shouldn't be saying his name anyway because I don't think it's rubber stamp. But I have heard that, so uh, that'll be an interesting one, and that'll that'll give them options as well. I don't know if yeah. you've heard any. any no, I, I I heard a huge one. Uh, big big news from Butler's Bridge and Drummalee is that Terry Keegan, who started his career with Butler's Bridge and then went to Drummalee, won a couple of intermediates as a bench warmer for Drummalee. Now he's going to Mahara. He's he's joining Mahara, um, so that's that's huge news. See, you could have told me that I could have got that in the paper. Um, yeah, the, Terry, the, Terry won't be much of an addition to Mahara. I think is is the fairest thing to say, and he's going to kill me for saying that. But, well, that man does a bit of boxing, doesn't he? So you're he does. Uh, he does a lot of boxing. He's a very very good boxer. And in fairness, to him, he he'd be very fit. He'd be very fit. But I can say that in lockdown because he's short as. Peter Pan, that he won't be able to reach me from <laughs> from Mahara to hit me. <laughs> um, Haven't heard any other rumours actually of transfers though at all. It's been quite quiet. Well, obviously we we quashed the the, the Park Faulkner to Baltorbert one. We did we quash that one? Uh, I was going to bring that one up. I know we were talking about it off there. I think that was uh, I think that was the most mad off-season rumour we've ever heard that, that Park, I think Park uh, is living around the Bilthorbet area but there was a rumour that he was going to transfer to Bilthorbet and I just thought as soon as I heard that and I thought that is crazy <laughs> that's not going well, to happen well, uh, we talked about Bernard Morris earlier on the show can you imagine the conversation with Pat Faulkner Dad I'm, I'm leaving to go to Bilthorbet <laughs> you wouldn't get out alive <laughs> Yeah, no, the Faulkners are synonymous with, with the Kingscourt stars, so I can't see Park leaving there now. No, um, I, don't, I don't think it's an option. No, David, we wanted to, very briefly before we finish up, uh, I wanted to just talk about 
an interview I did with Mickey Graham yesterday. Um, yeah. We're kind of running out of time here. It's a short show uh, today, but uh, I did an interview with Mickey Graham. It'll be going online probably tomorrow, but I just, anyone who's interested in it, you could maybe pick up the set and, and, and have a read of it or, or cl- click on it on the website tomorrow. Um, it was quite, quite lengthy, and he talks a lot about the change in culture in the cabin and, and the importance now of kicking on. Yeah, isn't isn't it quite interesting? So obviously, we're in January time. Usually, there'd be mechanic up going on at at this stage. But if people are still curious on the panel, and are there additions and are there omissions from last year? Did he touch on it a wee bit? Well, he did. Uh, he says nobody has stepped away from the panel as of now. Everybody is mad keen, as I said, to push on. Like everything else, you try to keep evolving. And keep improving and we will look to add new faces to the squad because we feel that adds a freshness keeps lads on their toes it raises the standard keeps lads focused willing to learn and not rest on their laurels nobody has stepped away which is a great sign it's actually been the opposite a number of lads have put their hand up and said can we get the opportunity to play for Cavan and that hasn't happened in a long long time it just shows you what that Ulster Championship win last year has done it has inspired lads to play for Cavan again and that's what you want I said it after the game if this inspires the next generation of Cavan footballers, this has been more than just an Ulster Championship success. It's been a huge success all over in getting lads to really want to play for Cavan. I believe that's a bigger bigger success than actually winning an Ulster Championship. Just yeah. very stirring st- stuff. Now, there's another bit in it, just to read out one more short piece. Um, I asked him about the aftermath of 97, and I referenced uh, the, the great interview you did when Mickey got the job as Cavan manager. Um, in the studio in town where, where he talked about at length about his regrets about the 97 team not kicking on after that I think we, we, we actually might dig up that audio for the next day uh, because it's really interesting when you look back now and and I asked him about that again and he says back then a number of players stepped away the management stepped down too and the new manager Liam Austin came in it was always going to be hard to live up to the expectations but we still had the players to push on and do something at the time but it came down to a number of things. The players felt that we weren't doing the same work that we should have been doing. And then we probably questioned the manager team at the time. We felt that we could have pushed on and won the Ulster Championship in 98. But if the players asked, did we do everything we could have done to win it? The answer would have been no. Did the management do everything? Probably no too. But we have to take the collective responsibility for that. There were a number of years where we felt we could have got something after 97 and for various reasons we didn't. The age profile of the team at the time was quite good, but we just didn't push on. Are we happy with one Ulster Championship? Some might might have been happy and others weren't happy. So it's about making sure that we try and build on this now and we don't let this opportunity go by. We have to keep looking and striving to improve and to move Cavan football forward because as I said, the big thing that probably has been missing in Cavan football for so long is that we haven't year in, year out been consistently competing at the highest level and that's what we have to strive towards. So oh, that's give you a taste. That's, going to be mu- that's music to the ears of, of all Cavan supporters there. That is absolute gold dust. Like, you know, and, and what I like about, what I love about Mickey is that he's publicly stating his, his intent. He's, he's also very conscious that he's learned from the past, the mistakes of 97, which, which may sound wrong, but there definitely were mistakes in, in the years after 97. And he's, he's stating them out there for the lads to realize, you know, that Players take responsibility. Management take responsibility. That that just stored me up there. Brilliant. That that's just class stuff. Well, like if you look at there, there is a, a, a long history of teams who make a breakthrough following up. If your age profile is good, you'd follow up. Like you take Monaghan, the one in twenty thirteen, they followed up and, and won Ulster again in twenty fifteen. You take um, 
Simon's turn, when Mickey was playing with Simon's turn, had won the fourth championship, following year, winning again. Because of all the belief, Casaran's another. Yeah. Win the fourth championship, following year, winning again. Garna, when they made their breakthrough. And yeah. Okay, it took them a few years, but they got back and won more. So it really is an anomaly that Cavan didn't win more after 97. There was an element of carelessness crept in there and a whole pile of factors. Uh, and I think we'll have learned our lesson from that as a county in general, uh, as well as the people involved in the team. So um, I think it's important from our point of view in the media as well that we, that we highlight this. Uh, not that, that we have a, uh, well, you have a role, but that in terms of, of creating a narrative and, and things like that around it. But I think it's important that people in the county are aware that, that okay, we've, we've won Ulster. Now we're not going to uh, sit back like we did in 97. We're not going to be satisfied with it. Like back then, it was just absolute euphoria and the euphoria kind of lasted um, and and we were expecting you know the, you had the New York trip and everything else and it all rolled into one and it became one massive roller coaster but before we knew it the roller coaster had, had tipped over the edge so th- th- that's not going to happen this time so I, I, I'm, I'm sure that's not going to happen this time Mickey's making all the right sounds so yeah I just wanted to flag that up um, mm. before we finish up do you, do you know what we an idea maybe we'll do over in the diehard service. Um, so we will pick out our, our referees team, 1 to 15. But maybe we'll, we'll do a list of the players that we'd like to ring Mickey and ask, can I get in on the panel? You know, because there still is a lot of talent out there that if they if they put the right attitude together, if they, if they were willing to work as hard as is necessary, um, could be an addition to that Cavan team or that Cavan panel. Um, but... Their, their ability is only one part of it. They've definitely got to show Mickey that they've, they've got their work rate. So I wouldn't be saying it's it's a group of players that we think should be on the panel. It's a group of players we'd love to see asking Mickey, can I get on the panel? We'll, we'll do a podcast over on the Die Hard service in the coming weeks on that. Yeah, and another we have to do, maybe, I think we'll maybe do this one this week, Damien, because it'll be fun, is uh, picking a combined team of, of 97 and 2020. And I was thinking... We come together, we'll pick our combined team, but I think it'll be more entertaining if you pick yours and I pick mine and we, and we, we uh, go at each other's throats like we sometimes do about it. Yeah, we've been kind of tinkering on this a wee bit um, and, and over, on, over on our WhatsApp group and it's been getting hot and heavy, so it has. It's definitely been getting hot and heavy, but we will we'll definitely do that in, in, the, in the coming weeks uh, or maybe this week. But if people have their suggestions um, of their combined team get in contact on twitter on facebook or on instagram or you can email in go old-fashioned why don't you stick it on onto we are calvin at gmail.com so folks thanks a million for listening to the mcavoy super value ga podcast hope you enjoyed the show don't forget to check out our diehard service over on patreon.com forward slash we are calvin yes it was great yes it was great yes it was great stuff and larry has put it over it was hard, fast football after that. You're in Cavanese, yeah! Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time? And then McCabe, and it's over the lap, and Cavan are not buried yet. Cavan doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh, yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill. What a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Cavan! Sandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah, yeah. <laughs>